Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discover True Treasure. I'm Angela. On today's episode, we are going to discuss what the Bible has to say about desiring spiritual gifts. Let's begin. Thanks so much for joining me. On today's episode, I want to get into what spiritual gifts are and why, according to the Bible, we should desire them. Now, I'm aware that some Christians don't believe in spiritual gifts, and many Christians believe that there was a certain period of time for spiritual gifts, and that time has passed. But the problem I see with this position is that In order to believe that spiritual gifts are not for us today, that would require one to ignore many scriptures in the Bible that say otherwise. For example, Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation, says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Now, this scripture, of course, is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, it says, and this is also from the New Living Translation, Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, men and women alike. Amen. First of all, let me point out that when both passages state that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people, it says that because in the Old Testament, that was not so. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would only come upon certain people, such as prophets, priests, and kings. However, in the last days, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will be blessed with the gift of the promised Holy Spirit, and your position and or status doesn't matter. And according to these scriptures, in the last days, When the Spirit is poured out, people will have the ability to dream dreams, to see visions, and even to prophesy. Now, I'm sure that most Christians will agree that we are still in the last days. And this can easily be proven by simply referring to what Jesus predicted would happen in the last days. Because what he predicted would happen is going on right now in our lifetime. In Matthew chapter 24, the disciples asked Jesus to tell them what would signal his return and the end of the world. And Jesus said that there would be wars. He said there would be rumors of wars. He said nations would go to war against nations and that there would be famines and plagues and earthquakes in diverse places. And then he said, after all of that, he said, 
that those things would only be the beginning of what is to come. Now I ask, aren't these things happening right now in our day? Of course. So that means that we are still in the last days. Now, while all of these terrible things are going on, we know that there will be simultaneously an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I think that's a blessing because the Holy Spirit will cause us to have visions, dreams, and even prophecies. And it's a blessing because remember, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. So it's safe to say that these dreams and visions and prophecies will come forth so that they may comfort us. Amen. Obviously, I don't know where you stand in regards to spiritual gifts. I don't know if maybe you have been taught that they do not exist in our day, or maybe you're just unsure or even skeptical. But hopefully you will continue listening because I want to discuss more about what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts and why we are given them. So let's go to a chapter in the Bible that is dedicated to spiritual gifts. Yes, an entire chapter. Like I said at the beginning, Christians who do not believe in spiritual gifts must ignore many scriptures in the Bible. And in this case, they must ignore an entire chapter that breaks down what these gifts are, what is the purpose of us having them, and how the Holy Spirit gives these gifts to every single believer. So let's get right into it. The chapter is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and in verse 1 it says, and this is from the New Living Translation, Now, dear brothers and sisters, Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So right away we see that the Corinthians were asking questions about these spiritual gifts. And so Paul has dedicated this chapter to bring some clarification and answers to their questions. So let's jump down to verse 4 where Paul gets into what these spiritual gifts are. And in verse 4 he says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So first of all, he makes it clear that although there are many different types of spiritual gifts, it is the Holy Spirit who is the source of these gifts. So that means these are good gifts. And we know that every gift that comes from above is good. Amen. Now, let me just speak about a belief that some Christians have in regards to spiritual gifts. And that belief is that the Holy Spirit distributed these gifts to only the apostles. So when I'm talking about apostles, think the book of Acts. So there are some Christians who believe that the apostles were given these special abilities, these gifts of the spirit to help them while the Bible as we know it was being written and compiled. And now that we have the 66 books of the Bible, 
they believe there is no longer any need for spiritual gifts. Now, the problem with that belief is that this chapter does not hint at that belief or theory, and it doesn't insinuate that that is the case at all. So let's look at what we clearly know. First of all, we can refer back to the two scriptures that I opened with, which are the scriptures from the book of Acts and the book of Joel that talk about that these spiritual gifts would be given in the last day. And we've established that we are still in the last day. So now one may ask, well, why are we given these abilities? What's the purpose of these spiritual gifts? So let's go on to verses five and six to find out why are we given these spiritual gifts? So starting with verse five, it says, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So look at that. All believers are given spiritual gifts. Why? So that we can help one another. Now let's emphasize that it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So there are two very important things that are mentioned in both of these verses, verses five and six, that we all get a gift, at least one gift, because it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. And then it states why, so that we can help each other. So my question is, are Christians who believe that spiritual gifts no longer exist, are they saying that now that we have the, the Bible, we no longer need the help that these gifts provide? And if so, I would say, keep in mind what Jesus said would be going on in the last days. Jesus said terrible things would happen, like wars and famines and plagues. But praise the Lord, he has sent us the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And we need to be comforted in these days. While we are living in these last days, in this sinful, evil, and broken world, we need the help of these spiritual gifts. Amen. Okay, let's continue with verse eight, which says, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Let me also read this verse from the King James Version, which says, for to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Now I can tell you about my very own experience with spiritual gifts because when I was a very young believer, I joined a church that loved prayer. And it was during our weekly prayer meeting that I frequently experienced spiritual gifts at work in me and at work in other believers in the church. And I tell you, it was wonderful. And one of the cool things was that most of the other young people also attended prayer meeting faithfully. Can you believe it? 
Nowadays, I have found that it is rare to find a church in my area that has a weekly Bible study, let alone a weekly prayer meeting. But anyway, I looked forward to prayer meeting because it was so powerful and it was so dynamic. And what made it so powerful was that it was common that someone during prayer meeting would have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or even a prophetic word. And it was done so beautifully and in order. There was just nothing weird or strange about it. Instead, it was, it was wonderful. And it was during these weekly prayer meetings that I realized that one of my spiritual gifts was the word of knowledge. And I remember when I would pray for people, how I would get a snippet, just a a piece of specific knowledge about a situation that they didn't tell me about. Now, I'm not talking about general stuff, general knowledge. It was specific. And it was obvious that naturally speaking, there was no way that I could have known about it. And I can remember that most of the time, the word of knowledge was a source of comfort and encouragement to the person I was praying for. I remember that often when the word would come forth, the person I was praying for would all of a sudden start sobbing and praising God. They were just so blessed. And it was so awesome to see that the Lord cared so much for them that he gave them a special word to encourage them, to comfort them. It was as if the Lord was saying, I'm right here with you, my child. I see you and I love you. Now, isn't that a blessing? Why would believers scoff at that? However, I do realize that some Christians are just skeptical because they've never experienced anything like that. And that's why I I really wish that every believer could experience that because I just believe that personal experience has a way of dissolving those doubts and, and skepticism. For instance, let's say that there was a believer who did not believe in spiritual gifts and they walked into a prayer meeting for the very first time and they don't know anyone there everyone there is a stranger and they ask someone to pray for them. And the person praying for them receives a specific word of knowledge for them. And I'm not talking about a word that would expose them or embarrass them or anything like that, but a word of knowledge, maybe about a trial or struggle they're going through, or just, just something going on in their life where the word comforts them where that word lets them know that God is there with them and God is watching over them. I'm convinced that they would then become a believer in these spiritual gifts, that they would see and understand that the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts to help each other. Amen. Okay, let's continue on with verse nine, which says, the same spirit gives great faith to another, And to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. The King James Version actually says gifts of healing, plural, because there are different types of administrations and demonstrations of the gift of healing. Now, remember I said that the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts so that we can help one another. 
And we definitely need help in the area of healing because sickness is an enemy. It comes from the devil. Remember, the devil steals, he kills, and he destroys. Sickness and disease steals, kills, and destroys. Let's just say you had a sick loved one and you knew that there was a believer in your church who had the gift of healing and could, through the ability of the Holy Spirit, of course, heal them. Wouldn't you contact that person right away? Of course you would, because why would a believer in Jesus Christ refuse to receive divine healing, whether it's for themselves or for a loved one? Because we know that Jesus has paid the price for our healing at the cross. Amen. And we also know that in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus told us that he has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. So we have authority over the areas of sickness and disease. And we have that authority because we now have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Okay, so let's continue on with verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now let me read this also from the King James Version. Verse 10 says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Continuing on with verse 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decided which gifts each person should have. So again, we read here that everyone has spiritual gifts, but unfortunately not everyone wants them. But to those who may not want spiritual gifts, I say, let's think about the gospels. And let's remind ourselves of what Jesus went around doing most of the time. And I think that we can agree that Jesus went around healing people, delivering people who were oppressed by the enemy, and performing many miracles. But here's the point. Jesus said that we would do even greater works than those works that he did. Amen. Now I know that some people take that scripture to mean that Jesus was only saying that we in our day would be able to reach more people with the gospel because of technological advances. But I don't believe that that is what he is saying. And we have to use the Bible to interpret the Bible. So when I read that Jesus says that we will do even greater works, it makes me automatically think about the gospel of Mark and what Jesus said in chapter 16. And so in Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 17, Jesus said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. 
they will speak in new languages. And in the King James Version, I believe it says they will speak in tongues. Continue with verse 18, it says, they will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And then he says, they will be able, remember that ability is through the Holy Spirit, to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Amen. Those are the works that Jesus said would accompany. These signs would go along with believers. This is the work that we will be able to do. Amen. Okay, let's continue on. Now, Paul goes on in this chapter to talk about how we are all members of one body, the body of Christ. And he talks about how all members of the body are valuable. And then he goes on to say that we do not all have the same gifts. For example, everyone does not have the gift of prophecy. Everyone does not have the gift of discerning spirits. And that's because the Holy Spirit has decided which gifts we all should have. And then he ends the chapter with something very important. He says, we are to earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So I ask, do we desire spiritual gifts? Remember, these gifts are given to us so that we can help one another. Do we want to help one another? Now, I think we have to talk about the next chapter because it brings out some important information. And chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians is often called the chapter of love. And right away in this chapter, he explains that even if he understood all things, even if he had the faith that could move mountains, even if he gave all that he had to feed the poor, but he didn't have love, he said he actually had nothing. Now let's be clear, Paul is not contradicting himself. He's not saying here that those gifts are unnecessary. He's not saying that the body of Christ does not need the gift of knowledge or the gift of faith or the gift of generosity. He's not saying that. I believe he's saying that these gifts are to be used in love because without love, these gifts would have no benefit to him at all. Remember, Jesus said that when he returns, there will be some who will brag about all the miraculous things they did in his name. They will say, oh, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied, et cetera, et cetera. But Jesus will tell them to depart from him because he never knew them. Well, why? Because he will tell them they didn't do the things that demonstrate love, that they obeyed his commandment to love one another. And we're not to love only in word. We're told to love in deed. So Jesus will tell them, you didn't go see people who were in jail. You didn't visit people in the hospital. You were not hospitable. You didn't even give a glass of water to someone in need. In other words, where was the love? These gifts are not meant to be used apart from love because it is love that will endure forever. Now let's continue on with verses eight through 10 of this chapter, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, because 
I think that these verses are often quoted by believers who don't believe that the gifts of the spirit are for our day. So I think it's important that we discuss these verses. So starting with verse eight, it says, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only parts of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Now, these verses are saying that these gifts are for the here and now. Because when the time of perfection comes, they won't be needed. And that just makes sense because we won't need the gift of healing, for instance, because we will have a glorified body. There will be no more sickness. Amen. We won't need the gift of prophecy because we will all know the Lord even as he knows us. We will know him completely. So I have a question for believers who take these scriptures to believe that the gifts of the spirit are not for our day. My question is, are they saying that we are now in the time of perfection? Because verse 10 says that when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. But of course, we're not in the time of perfection. We're living in a sinful, evil world. What's perfect about our world? Therefore, people are still in need of miracles today. People need healings. These gifts are very, very much needed today. And that is why we are encouraged to desire them, to desire the gifts that would be most helpful to the body because of our love for one another. And it is our love for one another that will prevent us from losing perspective of what these gifts are for. It is love that will ensure that we are patient with each other, that we are kind to one another, and that we use these gifts to help one another. Amen. Now the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, it says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. And I believe the King James Version says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And verse 20 says, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. So unfortunately, there will be people who give false prophecies, just like people did in the Old Testament. But just because there are some people who may give false messages, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to scoff at prophecies altogether. Instead, we're told to test everything that is said. And of course, the Holy Spirit will help us. He will help us to discern and test what is said. He will help us to know whether or not something is being said that doesn't line up with the word of God so that we can discard that and we can only hold on to what is good. And I believe that we should be exercising that discernment anytime we hear someone teach or preach or give a message or say that they had a dream or a vision or a prophecy. But we are warned not to scoff at prophecies. And I would think that that would apply to all of the other gifts of the Holy Spirit as well, that we are not to scoff at them, that we're not to despise them. Instead, we're told 
that we are to desire them. So let me end by encouraging you to earnestly desire spiritual gifts and desire the ones that are the most helpful to the body of Christ. Amen. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were blessed by this episode. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. I would really appreciate your support. If you have a question, comment, or prayer request, email me at discovertruetreasure at gmail.com. That's discovertruetreasure, as if it's all one word, at gmail.com. Or leave a voice message by clicking on the link in the show notes. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.